Hello, I'm Rhonda Coleman Wandell, and welcome to my podcast where we share our stories to inform, uplift, and empower professional women everywhere. On today's episode, I'll be talking to Renee Cohen, financial advisor to women in sports, media, and technology, and we're going to talk about money, what it is, and how to manage it. Hi, Renee. How are you? I am great, Rhonda. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Great. So we're going to start off just, Renee, tell us what you do. Sure. So I am a financial planner, certified financial planner for women in sports, media, and tech. Um, But really, my passion is to help women really be smart and feel confident around their money decisions to own their financial freedom and create a game plan to build wealth. Um, I think a lot of times women don't maybe just in the financial industry, it's a, it's the, the word financial, the title financial advisor, financial planner can, can create a lot of misconceptions and confusion. Um, but ultimately what I do is really partner with people, women, obviously their partners to help them create a roadmap, getting from point A to point B. A lot of times in our financial world, we, we just let things kind of, we do things without really understanding how one decision impacts another decision. I'm sitting here in Los Angeles. I wouldn't drive to you in Chicago without some sort of game plan and roadmap. And I think that's what's really important in our financial life because we all know that uh, you know life can throw some curveballs. It's good curveballs, bad curveballs. We obviously all have experienced in different ways the pandemic over the last year. So having a financial game plan is important. So what I do is just partner with people to make sure that their goals are aligned with their plan. Okay, cool. So later, I certainly want to know um, what you recommend a plan, you know, should look like. We'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to start off talking about um, purpose. That's something that I wanted to focus on. Um, I'm going to write a blog about finding your purpose. I think now in the time of COVID, people are, you know, starting to pivot Uh, a lot of times not by choice, you know, if they were laid off and have to figure out what's next. So And I think the best place to start is to go within and figure out what your purpose is. So I know that you um, started off in a job that was your dream job. I'd like for you to talk about that. And then, but it it started to no longer become your dream job. So if you could talk about that evolution, that pivot that you made to what you're doing now. Yeah, I mean, I started my career in the sports media realm. I mean, as as young as eight years old, I, I've always been a, a sports fan. So as young as eight, it was my real my first awareness of saying, hey, I want to work in sports. And at the time, I was like, I want to run the NBA, not really understanding what that meant. You know, I think our generation, too, was kind of taught that you started a company, you're going to be at that company for the rest of your career, and you have a career, and you're going to be in that career for the rest of your life, quote unquote life. But um, you know, I think my, I think purpose evolves, it changes. I think we all navigate through this thing called life and we have, we, we evolve. And I think we have to, especially as women, when we're wearing so many hats in our household and we always have to, uh, kind of do that self check in, I think purpose, especially over the last year where so many women, one were forced out of the, the workforce or two had to take a step back because of, to deal with, uh, to deal with the pandemic and their families. It gives a, it's a, 
to, to really be able to understand your purpose and is to, is to really understand that you evolve as a person and is to kind of take a, a, a check as to where am I, am I, where am I supposed to be? Or am I being feeling like I'm being pulled in a different direction? Maybe I've always had a passion that I thought wasn't really anything. And maybe at this point in my life, it is more of a passion and maybe I should pursue that path. Okay, great. So I think that's certainly something that listeners, um, should take away from this podcast is that that it's okay to pivot that we evolve that we change i think you've used the expression before that life is not linear you know <laughs> um you can go off on tangents and still be headed to where you're supposed to be i know personally i was a teacher first i was a teacher for 10 years and then i said this is no longer fulfilling for me i'm pouring everything into people every day other than myself. You know, I was an entrepreneur, but I was teaching English, you know, I didn't have an MBA or anything like that. So I'm like, I need to do something different. And so I started to explore what that different thing was. And for me, it ended up being law school in Chicago, where I just grew and expanded. And it was just the best experience ever for me. So um, I think that when you if you ignore that nugging or tugging inside of you that's saying, I need to do something different, then I feel like you're just kind of dying inside. So I feel like pay attention to it <laughs> and go and explore and, and figure out what it is that you want to do next. And the universe will support, support that, you know, it'll, yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think where we sometimes get caught in doing that. Because what I do today, if, if you asked me 10, 15 years ago, I would have never said, oh, yeah, in 10, 15 years, I will be a financial planner, a financial advisor. I wouldn't have known that for myself. It was more about just the evolution and tapping into what were my, where was I today in that moment? What are my values? What is a, what's meaningful to me? And what, what drives me? A lot of those questions um, were things that, you know, you have to do the soul searching around and you don't have to have all the answers. And I think sometimes we feel it, feel that we have to have all those answers, but certainly to your point, it is about, you know, just not being afraid of making a change um, doesn't mean that it's not a fearful process. It just means not being fearful of, you know, getting to a place, a crossroad in your life, whether it's professionally, personally, whatever it may be, and saying, hey, I made something else maybe out there that is better serving. Because as you do and, and do that self-exploration, it expands your mind. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Gosh, I learned so much in law school and there's the people that I've met and connected to because of that experience. I've learned so much from other people that had I just kind of stayed in Memphis and my teacher job, which was great, you know, it was good, but I, I certainly wouldn't be the version of myself that I am now had I not right. that, that pivot. Yes. Yeah. And to have a platform now to help other professional women, right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's all, you know, life is high, you know, 2020 is always, uh, you know, is, uh, hindsight's always 2020. And, uh, but yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing is it's okay to try to say, Hey, this was my chapter and this was my purpose then now, you know, maybe I'm turning the book or turning the page and there's a, there's a new purpose out there for me. Okay, cool. So now I'd like to move into talking about 
what money is and our relationship with money and how that's shaped um, and then how your relationship with money kind of impacts or influences how you manage your money. So that was a lot, three, <laughs> a three-pronged question. But let's just start out with the question, what is money? So I'm, I've done like, I kind of meditate on abundance all the time. And I've done like a 21 group meditation on abundance, you know, read books like this book I'm looking at right now by Vicki Robin called Your Money or Your Life. Um, she's got a really cool definition of money. She says, she kind of says it's money equals the number of hours that it takes you to work to make it. Therefore, it equals your life energy. And when you think about it like that, your life energy is pretty precious. The amount of time you have left on this earth is limited. And what you do with it, you're working, probably making money. So, and then what are you going to do with that money or that life energy that you just expended to get it? You know, I would hope that we would preserve it and guard it and really take good care of it, right? So what is your definition of money, Renee? Yeah, I mean, my definition of money is it is just a tool. I think too many people allow money to be in the driver's seat of their lives and allow them allow money to dictate either how they feel or what they want and, and where they want to be. Um, ultimately, money is just a tool that allows us to get from point A to point B to allow us to fulfill the dreams that uh, that we see for ourselves that, uh, and, and our potential. So I love, you know, I love that, uh, analogy that it is life energy. And I think to nurture, have to have a nurturing relationship and empowering relationship with money, um, is all something that is our birthright and abundance is our, is, is our birthright does not mean that, uh, we all come to this relationship with that mindset. It's usually for all of us in some capacities, we all come to this conversation with different backgrounds, different philosophies, different upbringings. And so it is just like in our personal lives with the, with love, you don't just one day know how to love someone else, right? It takes a lot of experience and understanding of yourself that I think sometimes because money is just a, it's, it's currency that a lot of people think, well, I should just know how to have this relationship with money and not explore where, what their upbringing or what their current relationship is with money. Yeah. Right. So something you kind of touched on just now is your upbringing influences your relationship with money significantly. Like how, your parents viewed money, how you felt um, when, you know, when money was being discussed. So for instance, I know like there's a, a quote in the Bible that people hold on to money is the root of all evil. And so if you hear that, like from a child up through adulthood, then you think that having lots of money is a bad thing or money can lead you to do bad things. And, but then, you know, as you're growing up, you need money to survive in this world. So that's a conflict. That's a conflict. And then if we go with my analogy or Vicki Robbins analogy, that money is life energy. So now we're saying life energy equals something bad. So that's, that doesn't jive. Um, 
So, you know, I, I really feel that people need to kind of assess what their true root relationship is with money. Like were your parents strapped for cash? Were they always worrying about it? So therefore you as a child were worrying about it. Was there tons of it? You know, so you weren't taught to save and value it. You know, what what is it? Because that without really acknowledging and facing and tackling that, I don't think you can really come up with a real plan for the future for how you manage your money. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that the fund the fundamental part, and that's what it, when I when I talked with clients, is that the first thing we talk about is their money mindset. And it is, it, it's releasing any sort of shame or judgment as to where they are today and what their current relationship with money is, because that's okay. It doesn't mean that uh, you can't, you can't turn whatever may be, you know, a stressful or what may be disabling in your, in your life today into an empowering relationship. But we have to have that understanding. I can't help someone get from point A to point B without understanding what is, what drives them and where are they with their money mindset today? And what are those money beliefs? What were those messages that you heard? What did you see growing up? Um, Because that all shapes our adulthood relationship with money and how we value it and what we do with it. So we really can't create a new path for ourselves. Um, and I believe that every single, every single woman should start to build generational wealth and, um, and to really have legacy. And that can mean something different to all of us. It doesn't mean to have, you know, billions or millions of dollars. It, it means what does that mean to you? but creating some sort of legacy and money is the, is a tool that allows that, right. Is that what we had in our lives or what the lack of what we had in our lives, we always want to kind of pass on to the next generation or to help enable the next generation of, uh, to be even more enriched. And the way to do that is through education and making sure that we have a positive relationship with our own money. Yeah, great. I like that you said, you know, legacy. So that kind of moves us into our next topic, wealth. My legacy to my children is me expanding because as I expand and grow and move forward, so do they. So I, you know, was a teacher. Now I'm a lawyer in big tech. That's a, a big salary increase or difference. You know, I can afford to pay, you know, a portion of the tuition at the elite boarding yeah. school. They do get scholarship money, <laughs> and I can for scholarship money. <laughs> we love that, you know. Yes, I can yes. afford to pay a portion of the tuition at Brown, where my daughter goes. But even more importantly, I my my mindset has evolved and developed to where I I want to put them in those spaces because I know in those spaces they will be able to continue to grow and evolve and develop so that my grandchildren, you know, will reap the benefits of what Mm -hmm. I started. So that's kind of what my legacy looks like. I probably won't be a billionaire before I die. (laughs) But that's okay. My grandchildren will be. I don't come from generational wealth where my parents, they certainly worked hard and maybe provided. And what I see with my parents was that 
you know, they wanted to provide a little bit more for their kids than they had for themselves. And for my parents, what that meant was paying for college for myself and my sister. So we got out into the real world without student loan debt. Um, Not that student loan debt is bad, but that certainly is what helps a lot of people, right? That was the one thing that my parents were, you know, striving for in their lives. And so then it's for myself, my sister and I to take the, take the baton and take it a little bit step further. So money management. So what do you see with, with women when you are counseling them on managing money? Where, where is the the education level, like with respect to money, you know, people are they super savvy at managing their money? Not, not so great. So what do you see? And then where do you start? Like, so if I came into you and I said, okay, you know, this is how much I make. Um, this is my debt. Like what, what's the process like? Yeah. I think one is when it comes to women's relationship with money, I think it's all over the gamut in, but primarily I think women, we, we have been taught or been told for so long is that, we are risk adverse. And that's really not the case. I think that as women, we really are willing to take a lot of risk. We take calculated risks, right? So we like to have, um, whether it's financially, whether it's professionally, whether it's personally, we like to take a lot of calculate, more calculated risk. So I always say that we're more risk aware and we just want to have the education because because we tend to be the nurturers in our in our households is that we just want to know okay, if we're not just fending for ourselves, that am I, I just want to know that I'm not going to end up, you know, underneath like the, you know, the underpass in in a tent, right? Like, I just want to make sure that if I make this one move, that I'm not going to completely lose everything. And I think we kind of, kind of think about it in that way, but we are, we do take a lot more risk and we're willing to take even more risk. I think it is about the education. So I think where women, because of that, we there's a lot of jargon that's thrown out there. I think it's also in combination with the information age. We can literally, you know, Google anything. We can see so much on social media, and we just don't. We we're we're, we're drinking information from a fire hose. We don't know where to turn. So I see a lot of women tend to you know hoard their cash because they don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of losing the money in the market, or they're afraid of putting money, you know, making the wrong decision. So we're not, um, so we end up just sitting in cash. So I think that a lot of women are actually more financially savvy than give themselves credit for. It's just that we're not moving the needle forward by making our money work for us while we're working because we don't know we don't know the right vehicles to put our money into that best serve us. We can sit at a dinner party and you know a friend may say, hey, this is what I'm doing, or you should be putting investing money into this, or you know, you hear advice over there and you're like, I don't know, is this what I should be doing for myself? Does this make a good decision? So that's um I think women are a lot more financially savvy than we give ourselves credit for, but it's just a matter of actually making making the money work for us is where I find that a lot of women need more education. Okay. I'm kind of curious. Do like so I'm married and it's a second marriage. Um so how are married women handling managing their finances or financial planning? Are they doing it with their husbands or partners? Are they, is there a way like doing alone? Cause I'm pretty <laughs> independent, I think. And so my mindset is like, this is my money. I can definitely put some of it into the hour pot, but 
you know, I want the my pot. I want to make sure I'm taken care of and my children, you know, that I brought to the marriage are taken care of. So with with blended families or even non-blended families, what how what are you saying? Yeah, I think the modern woman wants some independence. And I, I am a big proponent of that is to make sure that you always have a few money, right? Like, you know, not that you want to be in that situation, but whether it's personally or professionally, is that you're not financially relying on any on any on anyone else um, and that you can be okay, right? I think previous generations, when we got married younger or, um, you know, it was just like, oh, yeah, you have one checking account, one savings account, and everything's yours more the modern woman wants their independence right and and you can have whether it's a blended family or uh you know maybe if, even if it's a non-blended family is the fact that one women are getting married later on in life if it's a first marriage or it could be again you know a second marriage and there's a blended family you want to maintain some sort of independence and and that i think is what more and more women are doing i think in and being able to have more conversations being being active in the conversations with their partner about about money and what they want their joint goals to be um so you know i think it's it looks different for every for 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 everyone because every relationship is different but i think fundamentally it, it, it empowers both both partners right is to make sure that uh these are the things that are important to the both of us and to maintain independence. Okay, great. So we've talked about a lot of good stuff today. Um, And it's time to wrap up. (laughs) What would you like to leave our listeners with today? Is that you can start financially. I think this is one of the things that you, you brought up was that you can start to really, there is no, I, I think there's a big misconception in the financial world is that one that you can't afford a financial advisor or planner. I can't afford to have a financial plan. And I don't need one, whatever is, you know, maybe what's holding someone back and, and thinking that is that everyone deserves to have a plan and everyone deserves to have abundance and that you can start no matter where you are today, even if you feel like you're saddled in debt um, even if you feel like you're not making a ton of money or you're not even at the potential of what you could make, is that getting the guidance and being able to navigate from you know one decision to the next decision, it, it, it's worthwhile. And that nothing that you do today, you know, what you do today, I should say, it, it helps to plant the seed for tomorrow. So don't let holding your, don't hold yourself back from thinking that my, my circumstances won't change. They won't change by you not not taking some sort of action, and that in the in your financial life is a marathon. It is not a sprint, and especially in this day and age where we can drink information from a fire hose, there is no easy way to build wealth. It takes time, it takes patience, discipline, and consistency, and it takes the right education and the right partnership. And your circumstances certainly can change. Awesome, thank you, Renee. Thank you, Rhonda, so much. I know that there's so many, uh, so many uh, things that we can talk about, but I appreciate, you know, just you enlightening your audience on this topic and hopefully, you know, inspiring um, a few women to, to take action and to think about their money differently.